This week on DSpace Prime, we chat about the final two episodes of Strange New World Season 2, Subspace Rhapsody and Hegemony, as well as doing some catching up. Thanks for joining us. Sunday, how are you? Hey, Johnson. I am well. How are you? Good. Did you work today? Did you have to? I did work a little bit actually... today, yes. So are you, so you are kind of maybe migrating to a Sunday to Thursday schedule? Yes, that is. Is that approved correct. or is that, it is that approved. It is approved, but it's on a trial basis per my preference. So I don't necessarily. Oh, so it's up to you. Yeah, yeah. It's completely they don't really care. Uh, yeah. No, they don't. Oh. Yeah. So they think it'll be helpful for me to be there on Sundays and I don't disagree, but I am reluctant to commit to a hundred percent of Sundays. Well, because if that happens, then you're gonna get the Saturday scaries, not the Sunday scaries. It's um, all gonna be different. Yeah. I mean I don't really have I haven't had scaries recently, so that's fine, but Okay, okay. Um yeah. No, there's a lot going on moving this you know, our studio and control room and everything. So Right. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's been good though. But yeah, I'm not I'm reluctant to give up my Saturday, Sunday weekends, but it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. But but I ended up working on Friday for like four or five hours, which was unfortunate and very frustrating. But anyway. Because um, I can see a world where you end up working a little bit of Friday anyway and then a little bit of Sunday anyway. Yeah, which is not a world I want to live in. I want right. to be off off. So Right. Um, but so that's why we'll, we'll try it out and see, see how things kind of roll out. But, um, how was your Sunday? Sunday was good. I had church. I saw some friends and now I'm here mm-hmm. and then I have a zoom date later. Yes. I've been kind of chatting with this guy that of all places lives in LA, <laughs> my least favorite city in the United States. Not not to offend any of our listeners that, lives, that live in L.A., obviously. L.A. is just not my personal favorite place to be. So, you're, you're, you're a hardcore New Yorker. Like you I am will, a hardcore you New live, Yorker. You've lived here your whole life. You will die yes. here. Yes. You don't want to leave. You are grumpy when you have to leave. Exactly. Well, it's funny because I also I had brunch with a friend yesterday and we had brunch around Midtown and then we just walked around and we just walked to get ice cream. We walked to get coffee. And you can't do that in L.A. You know, it's very, it was very spontaneous. We just like, let's go and get some ice cream. Let's go and get some coffee. Let's walk around, spend some time just chatting and strolling. That's just not an LA lifestyle, you can't, you need to plan ahead. You know, like if we're going to go to this restaurant and want to get coffee or ice cream, let's 
but we need to plan it out. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. You can't just, I mean, there are some like strip malls and stuff like that you can do that at, sure, but it's not as spontaneous. You can't, you can't operate as spontaneously. And that's something that I would struggle with. <laughs> like being in LA, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand that. I would struggle more with the having to be in the car all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't drive, so I'd just be dead right. on the sidewalk. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, so I, I really enjoy walking. I enjoy yeah, I don't like time. walking, as you know, but I like the option. I like the, I, yo, it is. It's true. You know, because in LA, it's like, oh, let's walk there. It's like, I'm going to walk by the highway <laughs> like to get there. It's not going to work, yeah. you know? Right. It just yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was one thing I was like, yeah, I just don't. So, I don't know. It's, it's, we've only been chatting for two, three weeks. It's, it's, it's very preliminary. So, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, no and need to make any decisions about it. Now, no. Anyway. No. However, old Johnson would have been much more, <laughs> where is this going? What are we doing? Is this going to go anywhere? Is there a future here? New Johnson 2.0 is definitely much more, <laughs> I'm open to new experiences, and I will see where the universe takes me. By the way, that's uh, yesterday's Johnson versus today's Johnson, just for a more relative <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, not. perspective on that. It's not like, you know, yes, this is a developing story. I would still say you're in it is a developing story. alpha, maybe you're maybe what? two point. You're maybe Uh-oh. two point oh alpha. Um, like, more, no, more like one point one point three <laughs> version one point three. <laughs> so, um, so well, um, yeah. th- that's exciting to be talking to someone new. And so, yeah, yeah. That's it's good. just another another experience, another adventure. Yep, exactly. Something new to report in the realm of dating. That is so, good. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Have you and Dennis made any advancements in the adoption process? Do you know anything yeah. Africa yet? No, no, no. We're not there yet. But we do have our date with the USCIS. Um, What's that? Customs and Immigration Services. Okay. Um, so that's good. So our application is moving. Because you're like importing a child, technically. Yes. Yes. You should bring them through customs. Um, yes. Essentially, we have to, um, I'm going to say emigrate. I don't know if that's the right word, but we are going to emigrate with our kid. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yes. So you actually have something to declare. Usually when I go through customs, yes. I'm like, I have nothing to declare. Nothing yes. to declare. Don't look at me. In this case, Correct. you actually do have something to declare. I will, yes, we will have something to declare. But and it's is, more um, than just some exotic fruits and vegetables. Right. Which are not <laughs> allowed into the U.S. So, right. um, yes. Yep. So we have our application, our, our biometric stuff, interview, whatever it is. Um, yeah, in a couple weeks. So that was exciting to get. And yeah, that's really all the updates. Um, Speaking of, I finally, as you know, but for our listeners, I finally went and applied for TSA PreCheck. They scanned my fingerprints. They were having a hard time with fingerprints. I don't know. Maybe I'm a vampire. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't have fingerprints. But she kept, She was like, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know. It took like literally like six, seven tries to get my fingerprints. The device would just not recognize my fingers. It was tough. 
Yeah, um, I've had that happen a couple of times because this will be, well, I mean, this, so all the other fingerprinting has been done at a third party place, right? So this mm-hmm. is the first time that we're actually going to like an official government office to get our fingerprints done. So, right. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. And um, yeah, other than that, we are planning a one more vacation before we go. We're going to Roatan and one of the coast countries. Where's Roatan? It's a country in uh, Central America. Oh, yeah, it's a. I don't even know. That. I don't know it. I'm not. I'm not familiar. Uh, I've been, yeah, I've been there before. I, it's a really lovely country and lovely. It's there. Yeah. What's the? What are the highlights? Uh, it's nature, Johnson. It's nothing you would be interested. Oh, it's in Honduras. Oh. Okay. Oh, yes. So it's off the coast of Honduras, right? Oh God. Do you need, like, malaria pills? No. Sure? No. Um, it'll be, uh, no, it'll be fine. But, yeah, so getting back to your TSA pre-check, though, I think we, I think Dennis and I should probably investigate that just to help the process. Oh, my God. It was much easier than I thought it would be. Literally, the online application took me a few minutes, and then when I went there, it was just staples at around Penn Station. It was literally, like, a 10-minute, less than 10 minutes. Um, she just asked me some questions and took my fingerprints and that was it. Oh, okay. Uh, Good to know. So, so that's something yeah. for Dennis and I to talk about. I think we both have a credit card that would probably cover that. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, nothing more to report on that. But uh, What is that in the background? Is that the dog? Yes. Or is that Dennis? No, that's the dog. He's oh, got his okay. bone on, the, on our wooden floor. So, yes, that is... That is him playing with the bone because I'm on Zoom and this is what he does uh, when I'm on the phone. So Does he know not to bother you or that you're not going to? No, I mean, it's not you can't really explain that to the dog. Well, uh, no, because I feel that sometimes the dog could tell like, okay, he's not going to pay attention to me right this second. No, he's, uh, well, I mean, he's sort of entertaining himself. So we want to leave it at that. That's important because otherwise he'd want to be on my lap. So uh, we're going to live with the noise and let him do that while we record. And I apologize. I don't really think I can get that out of the recording. No, you can't. It's over. Um, so I apologize. But um, it's slightly better than having him want to sit on my lap. So <laughs> slightly better. Um, so, yeah, um, that is the noise in the background. Apologies, dear listener. Yeah, I was just like, what is that? That's fine. That's um, fine. So, oh, okay. yeah. Um, so, shall we talk about some Star Trek news? Yes. Mainly that there isn't that much Star Trek news, particularly right. with yes. the writer strike and the SAG after strike. So, there's a right. lot of striking going on. Mm-hmm. I think the writers were going back to AMT, AMTMP on Friday, but I haven't heard anything of significance. And honestly, the actor strike is, I have no idea. I think it's going to go on for a while. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I did hear. Um, and we were not at uh, SCLB, but I did hear that a good number of actors showed up, and for the most part, it was fine. Like I, I think the only one what I heard any sort of tea spilled was with Robert Beltran. Oh, really? That, what did you hear? That he actively ignored the strike rules, and he just talked about Star Trek. Oh wow! And 
But okay, so this is something I don't know. I, I I need to further investigate because I don't know much about Robert Beltran, but he's kind of like very right wing, and he oh. yeah, apparently, and apparently, I, I I haven't done my research. So for our listeners that um, know more, please don't crucify me. But apparently, he's very right wing, and he was like, "We live in free country." First Amendment, like, we can oh. talk about whatever we want. And apparently there was some negativity around that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Which I did not know about Broadway Ultron Show more recently. So that was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I think everyone I saw photos from, and a lot of cosplaying, which is right. some amazing cosplayers. Of course. Um, so that's always good. Um, yeah, I didn't actually see a whole lot with the actors. Um, I did. Were they see allowed us. to take photos of people? They weren't, right? They could. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they just can't um, talk about it. Yeah. So um, I would say the most interesting thing that came out of SCLV, at least for us, because we were on the sidelines and we weren't there. Mm-hmm. was the two-minute preview from Prodigy Season 2, which, when I saw, I got very excited, and then I messaged you about it. But I was very excited for that. Yeah, it was... Uh, I've watched it a couple of times. It's um, it's very... It's hard to... It's, it's sort of hard to shift your thinking again back to Prodigy, because Prodigy sort of requires a little bit of different eye to watch Star Trek through. Um, right. You know, and you were like, before we start recording, you were like, what year does it happen in? I was like, yeah, there's yeah. a whole confusion about like timing and everything. And I thought it was closer, you know, closer mm-hmm. to the whole Ryan and star blowing up and, and the attacks on Mars. But apparently this happens before then. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I thought it was a little bit closer in time, but anyway, uh, but it's also like, you have to get in the headset of, okay, it's a bunch of kids, who aren't yet cadets, right. um, but who are under Admiral Janeway's kind of wings and tutelage. Yes, some sort. And yeah. So yeah. just a conversation between the kids and how you know it's it's a very kid like conversation, and then the doctor shows up and kid forward. Yeah. You know, um, so you know, there's some uh, some nice back and forth there, and then. And Robert Picardo, like I said to you, Robert Picardo has not lost a beat. He sounds like he has for mm-hmm. the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, if you watch his Instagram, he sounds pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, in his videos. But yeah. And then um, then we get to see the star of the show, which is the Voyager A, which is exciting. Yeah. And I, I was actually paying really close attention to the shuttle as it landed. Mm-hmm. Um. And saw the number, you know, saw seven four six five six dash A on the mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's like, ah, yes, we're going to the Voyager. Hey, so, um, oh, the actual on, on the registration on, on the, the shuttle, shuttle itself. But yeah, it had Voyager's uh, number on the side, both, uh, and they showed it twice. So, or they showed an angle that showed the number twice. So if you're, God, you, uh, you, you, you know, as adult. Star Trek fans will have picked up on that probably right away. I didn't even look uh, at the registry number. Oh, well. All right. Yeah. 
so you were surprised. So I was not surprised. No, I wasn't surprised because I think the I think that was it was spoiled. Like because I I think I read uh, Insta post that said first look at Prodigy season two and the Voyager A. <laughs> so I was like, okay, uh, okay, all right, yes, yes. So yeah, um, she's a mighty big ship. She's much much bigger than Voyager. Yeah, Voyager was so small. It was small. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we were talking about this before we started recording, um, which you didn't also know. They kind of run through some of the stats, um, but one of the stats that kind of gives you an, an an idea of how big this is is the number of crew, which is 810. Yeah, that's a lot. This. So it's a big ship. Um, yeah. Because I think zero is kind of reading down the stats or whatever to everyone. Kind um, mm, of. Yeah, I don't so remember. I think it was zero. But um, yeah, so she's a big ship. She yeah. she looks a lot like like the front of her looks like the Voyager, right? Yep. Yeah. And then the back, the bottom sort of looks like uh, the armored version of Voyager. Oh, uh, I need to look at it again. I just remember then, the nacelles were very different looking. Well, they sort of look like the Enterprise E nacelles, but armored. So mm-hmm. it look, but you know, again, it's a cartoon versus. Um, Sorry, animation. It's an animated um, version of the ship sure. versus, right? Um, you know, anything that we would see live action. So, right, which right. we did not see in any form, way, shape, or form in Picard at all. So we had this was complete. You know, mm-hmm. this type of ship, which is like a special class of ship. I don't know, Lamar. Yeah, um, Lamar class. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she looks on the outside looks beautiful. I like the interiors that we've seen so far, and I'm excited to see what the bridge of this big starship looks like. I know. I'm excited for it. It sounds like the Hagelmans are hopeful. It sounds like they're very they're very positive that they're going to find a new platform to stream it on. So yeah, let's hope so. I was actually surprised at how you know at them being able to bring a clip to a CLV, so because yeah i don't know i well i mean paramount plus isn't talking about project anymore so yeah (laughs) no i just meant you know it's not an officially licensed convention right so right well there's also uh, what other licensed conventions are there is the cruise is the cruise the only thing that's still officially Uh, licensed i think so yeah probably because we're not getting like an official non-cruise convention. Right. Yeah, that's true. After Seattle. Seattle was canceled. Right. So So. there we go. Um, They should just give the license back to creation. Like at this point, it's kind of like whatever. It's kind of silly. Yeah. Well, maybe they will. Who knows? Because everyone isn't doing anything with it. So, Oh yeah. Well, were you gonna say sorry? No, uh, no, I don't remember what I was gonna say. But um, yeah, so looks like everyone had a good time though, and um, yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I was drinking wine in upstate New York. So yes, you were on vacation. I was vacation. not on vacation. I was working. You were on well, vacation the weekend before. Yes, I was in Puerto Rico. Oh my god, it's too hot. Yes. I was dying, dying. But here rough. you are alive, so you didn't actually die. I was dying. I didn't die. So, 
not to be dramatic or anything. Oh no, never, never, never. 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 You never. never be dramatic. So never, never. So I think that's all the news we have to talk about, though, right? Yeah, I don't think there's much else in the way of news items, to be honest. Because again, with uh, with the strike and things like that, I mean, we have lower deaths coming out early September. Season five's definitely happening. You know that. Um, but that's. Yeah. I did hear an interesting thing about lower decks is that. The reason, part of the reason why I think they're getting renewed, and I love the show, so I'm totally happy that they are, but they are uh, probably the only show. I think this is what this, I heard this somewhere. I heard this in another podcast. They're the only show that is, stays on budget and stays on time. So they literally um, deliver everything on budget every time so that's why they're continuing to get renewed so that right. was kind of interesting um it's just that yeah that totally makes sense because the amount of post-production on a show like lower decks is definitely not as intense as any of the live action or even prodigy because it's a it's a post-production i think that really gets you like the reshoots things like that yeah. um in terms of budget and then they start to balloon and then over time i think uh more 2D animated show like Lower Decks is much easier to control. Yeah. And output. But so it's great to hear sense. that they have a fifth season in, coming. So that's great. Yeah. And, uh, well, hopefully not the last. I think Bill, Bill is thinking that it's going to be the last. I'm hoping it's not. I hope there's more. Mm, yeah. Um, but Bill from Trek Geeks, for those of you that are like, who's Bill? Yeah. Um, he's our, our executive, executive producer. producer. No, um, but he, yeah, he and uh, he and Dan have theorized that Lower Deck season five might be the last, and I think he even pessimistically thinks that uh, Stranger World season three will be it, but I don't think so personally. Mm. I think yeah. it's too big of a show for Paramount Plus if the Nielsen numbers are any indication. Yeah, let's hope so. Although maybe five is the new seven, as it were. Maybe, maybe. So. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, this week we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Strange World Season 2, Subspace, Rhapsody, and Hegemony. I literally had to spell out hegemony phonetically to make sure that I'm saying it correctly. It's not something that I... That is in my vernacular. So there we are. Well, and they are the last two live-action episodes that we will see this year for a while well until yes. we get um oh right they also show, i'm sorry they also show, whoops they also show like the five minutes of discovery at SCLB. that was uh oh did was they that, yeah uh, i think so. was that or was that before that was at comic-con it was a comic-con oh my god oh my god that's right we talked about the last episode oh my god time yes. means nothing yes time means exactly. nothing oh my yeah. god okay that was, well, yeah yep it's over that was a while so, ago. So why don't you tell? Why don't you remind our dear viewers about what Subspace Rhapsody was all about? Okay. Well, Subspace Rhapsody we first heard about when well we talked about it during our last episode because oh, we yeah. had just heard about it. Ha ha. Um, but courtesy of Memory Alpha, 
an accident with an experimental quantum probability field causes everyone on the USS Enterprise to break uncontrollably into song. But the real danger is that the field is expanding and beginning to impact other ships, allies, and enemies alike. Mike, was there ever a time in your life where you felt so many feelings that you want to burst into song? No, I don't think so. But I really no. Oh, yeah. really? You have so many more feelings than I do, though. I do, but I I'm an introvert, so I experience them internally. So. Well, how about okay? What, okay, what about like a solo in your quarters? Like, oh, you know? yeah, <laughs> a la, a la lawn, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I were affected by a subspace field or whatever, maybe I would break out into song, but it would be behind closed doors, indeed. Behind closed doors. So, was there a moment recently or in your life that you feel like that could have happened to you? Oh, plenty. I mean, plenty of things have happened in my life so <laughs> um, yeah no uh yeah i've had you know multiple breakups and um messy situations so yeah sure of course um yeah L- so uh, so usually are they like sad moments or happy moments um i, I would say probably sad moments but i i think uh, starting to realize, and I think Dennis and I talked about this at one point, we need to start celebrating just the mm-hmm. small wins. Yeah. The small things that, um, you know, the small, you know, just, yeah, just the small things. We need to, you know, like we got our letter from UCI, UCIS, uh, USCIS. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we should celebrate that, um, you know, or just, you know, yeah, things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, just like Lon experiencing all those emotions about Kirk and, you know, I f- also felt like she was sort of jealous of number one, you know, singing and dancing with them. Um, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I thought I couldn't tell if it was jealousy or pure concern that, uh oh, I don't want my feelings to be coming out like they are doing, like what's happening to them. At first, I thought it was a little bit of jealousy, but then I was like, oh, she might just be concerned. Maybe. I mean, that that could be. I Yeah, I think I, I got the jealousy vibe, but yeah, probably. It, because the next scene after her quarters is her and Pike going up to the bridge and saying how this is a security risk. So, right. and then it poses a security risk, which she. It does. You know, when. She uh, shuts Pike down. And, yeah, where she shuts down the Pike. Uh, Battelle communication. So, um, yeah, no. Oh, so I would, I, you know, so there's a lot of controversy about this whole episode, right? Because wait, do I get to share or do you want to move on? Oh, no, 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 (laughs) no, no, I want, I'm, I'm segueing into getting your opinion. So, oh, okay. Okay. Then continue. I was like, oh, you're ready to move on to the episode summary. No, 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 not at all. No, I, I'm going backwards. Actually, I'm going backwards to say that. I think there's a lot of controversy about there being a musical episode. You know, people had sure. very mixed feelings, strong feelings one way or the other, you know. And as we said last time, when the news came out, we're not musical gays. So we right. are, you know. However, so on the first okay. go, I was watching it and I didn't, I didn't really vibe for it initially. And Dennis was watching the first part of it with me and he was saying, this is kind of weird, isn't it? Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, kind of. Um, and then it, you know, I felt like it got better 
or maybe I maybe it was just you know I felt like it got better throughout the episode, and I was like, okay, that's what it was. And then I listened to some other podcasters talk about it, and mm-hmm. um, and so I went back and watched it again, and I actually enjoyed it on second viewing. Um, mm-hmm. I I think once you understand the nature of musicals, um. And the fact that it does like song is what brings out emotion and like reveals character traits and things like that. Like Mm -hmm. it made a lot of sense. Like this is a heavy, heavy character development episode. Sure. Really? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I did not necessarily like it the first go around or I Mm -hmm. thought it was like, eh, you know, could do without, could do with, with or without. But then upon second viewing, I was like, all the things that happen in it, even though some of them are, you know, some of it is through music, really does set up, like, the finale. It does set up, like, or Mm -hmm. just resolve some interpersonal issues or whatever it was. So those are my, you know, initial thoughts. What did you, so you've watched it twice, correct? Oh, I was going to go back to my initial question is, which was, have I ever wanted to burst into song? Well, one, you don't have feelings, so the I would assume that. You just assume the answer. So, going to answer my own question, uh, no, uh, I would say for the most I part, see. probably not. Okay. Probably not. Um, I would say the last time I got really excited about something, I'm trying to think about it, was probably when I got my current job. When I got a new job, it was oh, it was, okay. was exhilarating, yeah. and. I think that it was, uh, there were just many feelings about like new opportunity, future, things like that, you know, and I think okay. that um, that would be a good one. Okay. Um, all right. That, yeah. that, uh, wow. You, you, so, all right. I, I was concerned before about the whole vampire comment and not being able to read your fingerprints, but I guess this confirmed. Vampires have feelings. If you ever watch, hello, did you not watch Vampire Diaries? We talked about this. Um, if anything, they part. have too many feelings. Oh, maybe. But I, Damon I has to turn his feelings off, remember? I don't remember. But okay, anyway. well. Well, Paul's, Paul Wesley had a lot of feelings, and his brother Damon had too many feelings, so he just turned them off or something like that, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's been yeah. a while since I watched Vampire Diaries. So, so um, please, please share. All right, beyond that, what were your first and set, you know feelings about this whole thing? Um, so I also watched it twice and I think this episode was fine. I did not, I did not hate it. I did not love it. It was kind of in in the middle. And I, I do have to say that I enjoyed it. Similar to you, I enjoyed it more upon second viewing, but I also found my overall opinion of it remain unchanged, which I thought that personally, I just thought that it was like the music was middling. It was like, it was kind of mediocre. I, I didn't think the music was that good. Um, I'm, I'm not, and someone to what you're saying, I'm not a big Broadway musical person, but um, there are a few musical movies that I've been really into like La La Land, Moulin Rouge, Chicago, which I know is, uh, you know, I didn't, really, I haven't seen the show, but Obviously, it's, you know, it's based on the show. But really strong melodies, really catchy. It sticks with you. I do agree with you that it was a very character-heavy development, very, you know, character-development-heavy episode. 
but I just thought a lot of the songs were like blah. Like my favorite songs were probably the um, the first song. Is it something peculiar? Like I don't remember. Why am I singing? What? No, is the very first song? Is that the name All of the right. song? Oh, I actually. Well, they also sing the yeah the the very yeah, first song yeah. where it was an ensemble piece, the finale, and then I liked um, Nurse Chapel's song "I'm Ready," which she sings in the mess hall, right? And I thought those were the strongest songs. I thought that a lot of the songs were just very like raw. Like there were a few like really like like Una's song where she sang it to Laan in her quarters was terrible. It was awful. Like, it was so bad. And then she turns up the gravity for, like, 30 seconds. And, like, to what end? I mean, I don't understand why she turned up the gravity. Oh, when they were talking in the ready room or whatever. Or the, I think it was in the corners. Was, was, was it in the ready room? Or in the it was in the, room? yeah, conference room. Yeah. It was in that song was awful. It was so bad. And then I just remember, in this is on second viewing, too, there were some songs I was like, okay, this is, like, charging along. I just started checking my phone. Um, it was just, yeah, there were just songs that, and I, I did not like Spock solo. I'm the ex. I thought that that was, I did not enjoy it. I, mm-hmm. I understand that there was some cleverness behind the lyrics, but I was like, oh, this is a bad song. Um, okay. so anyway, I think overall my issue with it was that I just didn't think the music was good. <laughs> like, I just didn't think it was like a very, like, I don't think the music composition was very interesting, very catchy. Um, if I was compared to Buffy or to the the Flash and Supergirl crossover, where they also had a musical episode, um, because Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoit are big, they're you know they're both on Glee, like you know they're like really really talented singers. Um, I I just think that this was I thought just the music was just not good. Like that was my main issue with it. Um, I tried to enjoy, yeah, I did enjoy it more the second time I watched it. I you know because. I think the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, what song are they going to sing now? Oh, what song are they going to sing now? So I was like, there was a little bit of that the first time. And the oh, second time okay. I was like, okay, I'm not thinking about that. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was like mediocre. Okay. I mean, I thought that there were a couple of maybe misses on the, on the music, but I, I, you know, I actually, I, and I don't remember it. This hasn't happened since, but I was sort of humming one of the song, like one of the, melodies or whatever walking to work one day or whatever i don't oh, know really? or yeah doing something I was, I was out walking and i was sort of humming one of them but um yeah i you know but uh, it is, i agree with you it's very polarizing like everything i've heard about this episode is like either you love it or you hated it like, I, very few in betweens I, yeah i mean well we're sort of i guess we're sort of in between i mean i think i, I lean more on uh more in more in the good camp it was good mm-hmm. um you know there yeah i i think uh you know it was i don't and i actually i don't know that i've ever seen this but i felt like some of it was very pirates of penzance what? Uh, what's that pirates of what penzance what's that it's a, uh, i believe it's a musical again no. not not uh but it's sort of like um you know, uh, very ship based, like you're on the, I don't know. I just got very, it re- actually reminded me a lot of Hamilton in some ways. Like I, I, and I really, oh, enjoyed, I've never seen oh, I've enjoyed, I enjoy, I've never seen Hamilton, Hamilton in person. I've watched it. I want to say twice on Disney. So, oh, okay. 
Um, and I've really enjoyed that. So um, I think on second viewing, I enjoyed it much more. There were more catchy songs. I mean, I did love the number in the bar. I thought that was really, right. really well done. Yeah, Nurse Chapels, no. Just Bush's uh, performance. Um, the you know the one with the private conversation and the connect to your truth number ones and uh, Pike's oh, kind of God. songs were just I think very like humorous and uh, like that sort of well, very Una musical. song was not. Oh, wait, oh you talk about the one Una and, um, and Paul and sorry. Paul, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were dancing in the hallway. Yes, yes. Just no, that was okay. Just be- that was okay. Just before you know Christina Chong's uh, solo about uh, right. what would that feel. So um, yeah, I uh, you know anytime Celia Celia um, sang, I thought was amazing. She's um, good. Yeah, she's really. I didn't. Famous. Her solo was good. Like it was. I mean, she's a good singer. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was really good, and then uh, and then we had the finale, which was just very obviously like musical finale, yes, right. And the know. Klingons, the Klingons, the Klingons was that was a highlight for me. Oh, that was hilarious! Actually. That was hilarious. Yes, that was uh, my favorite part of the whole episode. Um, but I thought you know I, I I enjoyed it more on second viewing, and I would say that if I wanted a light, fun episode. Um, because the other thing about this is that the storyline still carried through. Like there was a scientific mm-hmm. problem. Um, yes, it was very I like that. Star Trek y in that way. Like it was a very, like we created the problem. We need to fix it. Here's how we fix it. We got to figure it right. out. So a lot I, of that I did was- like the, I like the scientific explanation for it. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was enjoyable and I would actually go back and watch it again. Uh, I like, like it's not one that I will consider skipping. Um, certainly in, not in this season's arc of things because, you know, n- in the finale, we don't like, we're done with character development. Like we're, we're like, we're, we're, we're here <laughs> sure. for the board for the, I was going to say the for boring. the board. <laughs> well, we're here for the board, for the Gorn. Uh, for the Gorn. Um, right. So, uh, you know, it did resolve a, a lot of different things. And, so, um, well, one question I have for you, I mean, I, I feel like we can talk about this, um, for a little bit. I want to, I want to dig into all the Spock and Chapel relationship drama. And I want to get your thoughts on their dating arc, how you mm-hmm. feel. I know we're not talking about the season as a whole, but obviously there's been a lot set up for this relationship. They finally like, got together slash consummated was it episode four you know the one where spock became human was that episode four or five i don't remember i don't remember i think it was five i want to say it but. five um and then they basically she basically breaks up with him in this episode um yeah. i did want to get your thoughts as to you know because there's so much about so much of the drama on the ship has been about the two of them i want your mm. thoughts about that and how you feel that all panned out well, um, I, I, I look at it through a lens of TOS. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, Spock is much more Vulcan in TOS. And mm-hmm. there is this, you can see that there is this care that Christine Chapel has for Spock or this love. But 
you. I sent you that meme. Did you see it? It's like, why, uh, why are we not together? It was just like, she's still pining after him. Whatever. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. No, I, I you know, um, I'm, I'm hoping that this is sort of the end of it. Um, you know, I, um, there's def. I actually really do like the, I like how emotional Spock is about this. Um, I, I think that that's actually Spock is like a teenager in this, this season, just trying to figure out how to do a relationship. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very like, even though he and T'Pring have been together and now they're taking a break or whatever, I think that, which is also very Vulcan. I think that this is like Spock's teenage moment when he like meets his first girlfriend and like how for the most part we all know that that never really you know lasts forever and right. but also I think it's more along the lines of like how you fumble through a relationship when it's your first relationship and you're like trying to understand mm-hmm. like in this case the opposite sex but you're trying to understand another person and how that is like, it's almost like the alienness of another being when you're first starting out dating, I think is something that is very real. And I think that that's what I've enjoyed most about it is the things that like, that all the women on the ship telling Spock that he's like this, this, and this, like when he lost his, when he lost his Vulcanness mm-hmm. in that, uh, in episode five, but I think um, I, I've enjoyed it for the most part. I'm hoping that it's it. There are points where it's sort of like, uh, do we have to like, like, right. come on. it was it was probably to me getting too much. But um, I think that overall, I for the most part, I've enjoyed it because it's just it's it's like a teenage boy. It's sort of like a, a senior girl dating a freshman boy almost. Uh, that sort of thing where there's there's this maturity gap there's this knowledge and experience gap mm-hmm. um, and um, and the other thing too is you know and this isn't I'm not saying blame it all on Spock because Christine has not been one who wanted a relationship you know in season one she was like she mm-hmm. would run away from a relationship so her infatuation with Spock in season one mm-hmm. um mm-hmm didn't mean that she knew how to be in a relationship or wanted to be in a relationship or knew what that entail until she got it. And then, you know, yeah. Fumbles fumbling their way through it. But, um, yeah, I think it, it points, it got a little too much, but, um, there were a lot of nice, nice moments, especially in the next episode where, um, you kind of see, when he realizes he's kind of effed up and uh, I guess I, so, okay. What do you, so obviously you're going to share your feelings now. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> so first of all, I, you know, I, I've definitely have talked about like how I feel that nurse chapel has not been given enough um, to do in these last two seasons of Transfer world, other than kind of being, you know, pining after Spock. However, that being said, They've technically, they were technically together for just like 
one episode. Like, so episode five, they got together. Episode six, they're kind of a good place. And then basically seven, eight, nine, they've been kind of like breaking up. Like, it's like, I'm kind of just like, so they planted the seeds and those old scientists when Boimler kind of tells Christine that, you know, Spock's future, yada, yada. So it kind of plants doubts in her mind. Right, and then right. the war episode, I just, okay. So I just don't know what got Chapel to the point where she's like, I don't want to be with you. It was, it's just confusing to me because like she, I mean the war episode, basically she just needs some like space, right? Cause she was dealing with PTSD and Spock right. was like, I don't think Spock did anything wrong. Spock was like, look, like I, I'm here to talk, talk if you want to talk. And I, I don't feel he was like necessarily like pushing her. He was showing concern. Um, and he, you know, he wanted to be there for her, you know, and, you know, Chapel obviously needed space. And that happens with couples. Mm-hmm. And then this episode, she's going to go on a three-month stint. And I guess she doesn't want to do long distance. I'm kind of just like, I, I just didn't know, like, what, what, what is the straw that broke the camel's back here that she's like, I'm ready to move on, slash, I'm ready to take on my future, slash, it doesn't include you. It was just like, I just didn't really understand. And you know what I think it is? Is I think it's that perennial decision that is more attributed to women or the is that choice of love or career. And things were, st- you know, she was still working through her career and then she got this opportunity with Roger Corby, which is a... Mm-hmm throwback to um tos right um so i think that that is sort of that's my thought is that it's sort of like the decision she made the decision to go with her career and take care of herself and i uh, i'm i'm okay with that i think that that's a fair decision for her and any person in that situation to to do and you know i i think it's also realizing that you know. but it's also like a, it's a three month fellowship. It's not like a permanent role, and it doesn't mean that. Oh, we, it's like Celsius communication exists. It's not yeah. like you know he's got to cut things off. Like if it was like a permanent role, I'm going to get posted on the other side of the galaxy. Like okay, I can understand why you want to put a pause on things, and you know it's three months. Three months. It's not. It's not like a permanent position. You know. Yeah. Um. So it just felt like very hasty to me. Like, and look, I'm not Chapel. I'm not these writers. I've never been in a relationship, like a long-term relationship. So I don't know. Um, but uh, it just, um, it just, it just seemed, you know, I'll be honest. It just seemed very flaky to me. Uh, well, that sort of felt like that feels like the original Christine Chapel that we saw in season one, you know? When the lieutenant, but, this, but that's also like what ten years after this, or how many? Not maybe less. I don't remember how many years. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I mean, she was she was giving Spock advice on Starbase. Oh no, on. sorry. I thought I thought you were talking about TOS. Oh no, no, no. No, I wasn't. No, no. The Roger Corby thing is you know a good six, seven years or whatever. Yeah, it's not from now. It's, it's um, um, no, no. I was thinking. I think that this just. I think this is the season one Christine coming back, you know, where she, she kind of like realized she, she has tied down. And she's going to be tight. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Lieutenant, she like scrammed from that conversation when the Lieutenant who she was hooking up with 
wanted to talk, you know, about where this was going. And she was like, ah, I got to go help my friend. So she's like, basically just a uh, cut in info. Maybe. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I didn't do that. I didn't think Spock did anything wrong. Like, I don't think Spock's at fault. Like, personally. I mean, I have to go back and watch the rest of the season and pay more close attention to all of I mean, that. I mean, again, it's not that many episodes. Like, see, like, literally, there were two. They no, were I know. Uh, no. <laughs> like, it's like having one episode, you know? You know, um, yeah. No, I, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think yeah. that that, that kind of wraps up the conversation with Spock and Chapel. Any, yeah. uh, but I do think, you know, I, 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 again, I've expressed this before. It was so much melodrama. I'm like, Oh my God. It's like, and I, I do hope I agree with you. I, I kind of want it to be over. Like I'm ready for them to kind of do their own things separate from each other. We're going to talk about episode 10 in a little bit, but like we still, it, that was just like, Oh my God, it's not over. <laughs> like there's a few more. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. I get it. Um, okay, well, I guess that's a good segue. For Well, unless there's anything else um, that we wanted to talk about for Substance Rhapsody. Um, no, I know. I think we, yeah, I think we hit the high points that we, you know, wanted to chat about. Let's, uh, let's get yeah. into Hegemony. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Hegemony. All right. Uh, memory Alpha summary. When the USS Enterprise investigates an attack on colony at the edge of Federation space, Captain Pike and his crew face the return of a formidable enemy. And that is, uh, yes, formidable enemy indeed. Johnson, what, what did you think about this episode? So I thought this episode was fine. I thought this episode was also okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, okay, so I would say, okay, let me take a step back. I feel that the Gorn, as they presented in season one, the two episodes that we got there, which were Memento Mori and All Those Who Wander, I thought those were really well done. Uh, Memento Mori, we didn't get to see the Gorn, but it was like this, like, you know, as our listeners and you may recall, it was a submarine hunt for October episode. Right. Really yep. good at setting up the suspense, the character states, the character stakes, um, the, you know, the character reveals. Like, it, it just balanced everything really well um, when it came to giving us this first glimpse of the Gorn, but then also the impact on the characters. And then All Those Who Wander, as we you know, famously know, is the one where Hammer died. But also in that one... Um, I think they just did a great job. Like, you know, obviously we got the first glimpse of the Gorn live, quote unquote live. And it was a very suspenseful, like very horror kind of like alien, very alien kind of episode. For whatever reason, I can't put my finger on it. Like this episode just did not hit those like suspense points for me. It just didn't um, quite... Do it. And I, I don't know why it may, you know, it felt very just kind of like it, it, things just kind of like plotted along for me for this one. And it just didn't, um, it didn't build for me as much as those episodes did. And then by the end I was like, all right, well, you know, I, I feel that there are, I feel most, if not all of the crew is going to survive. And I know that they're kind of like setting up these stakes 
Um, I did think that this episode did have a couple of reveals. Obviously, the Sky reveal that was unexpected. I did not expect that. No, I did not either, Scotty. Like, uh, yeah, I was like, "What?" Yep. Um, but yeah, it was fine. I thought it was fine. I think, you know, I, I think they need to like give James Cameron some money because literally, this the, these Gorn are just way too much of a ripoff of the you know the aliens from Alien Aliens. Oh, uh, okay. Between, Seriously. like the prehensile tail, the ridge tail. That's exactly, that's like exactly the aliens. So they have this literally same tail structure, the, the saliva, like how they look, how they like hunt. Um, you know, the, the chest bursters are very reminiscent of the baby Gorn. It's just like, it's just such a ripoff. I kind of almost feel that like they should have done a completely different, because they're really leaning hard into like, these are basically, because like literally, I actually watched it with a couple of people. Um, and they were they were not familiar with Star Trek um, newbies, oh, and wow. they were like, "What's happening?" I was like, "They're just aliens." I was like, "They're just aliens," like from Alien. And me, me, and another friend, we were like, "They're just just pretend that they're like alien from <laughs> aliens." Um, and they were like, okay, got it, because literally, like the way they impregnate, quote unquote, impregnate their victims, the way they stalk their victims, it's just like exactly the same. You've watched Alien, Aliens, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. I understand. So, um, so I just, uh, yeah. So this, because in this one, we saw the adult Gorn in a spacesuit, um, which I guess is different because alien, the alien in, in the alien series, they can survive in space. Um, the Gorn cannot. Um, right. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought, yeah. I mean, there's. I have more to say, but. Overall, I thought it was fine. And I, I just felt the end was also very much, yeah, I, I was like, oh, it's a cliffhanger. I was like, oh, my God, it's so annoying. I was like, and then we're going to have to wait like two years for the for the um, conclusion. But it was, I thought it was odd that like Pike froze up. And I wonder if that's going to be some sort of character issue in season three. Because we do, we don't really see him freeze up, like you know, and I don't know if that was literally like him freezing up, and he he isn't usually the type to be like indecisive, and literally it was a moment he could not make a decision. I was like, hmm, that's very unlike him, and I wonder if that's going to come back to haunt him in season three, and that's kind of something he works through or whatever, whatever. But I thought that was an an unusual character beat for him. Um, or if they were just doing it for the drama and I was like, oh my God, whatever. So anyway, that was, uh, those are, those are some of my thoughts about this episode. What did you think? Well, I, I loved this episode. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. that's fine. Yeah. Um, I, and I did not, I wasn't paying attention to the time. I had no idea mm. that the, like I Avoided any spoilers. I had, um, you know, I actually just watched this Wednesday night before it released on Thursday morning Mm -hmm. for us. And um, so I had no preconceived notions about it. I just knew that I needed to watch it. And yeah, um, yeah, I was surprised by the cliffhanger because I had no. no I was surprised too. I was. I could see it coming, though, because I was like, okay, this is like, 
there's too many unresolved things. Like there's the, the like there's too, way yeah, too many. but I was caught up in the action. I was caught up in the action and the suspense of it all, and then um, and then you sort of feel like when you see the the all the people in the town and the crew beam up. You're like, oh, okay, we got everybody. We're good. Let's go. Did, but you noticed that it was like, I noticed right no, away. I like, oh, no, I, I, I saw not. it. I was I like, mean, oh, it's green. I was like, why is it green? I didn't, uh, yeah. I didn't think about the transporter because they cleverly switched immediately to another transporter scene mm-hmm. with Pike and Patel and everyone. Yeah. So the cutaway was enough to hide like hide it because you just beamed up spock and chapel you Mm -hmm. had um then you show the group and they're beamed up and then you show pike and battelle and scotty beam up and so you you know you kind of lose track of that middle part i mean obviously you see it at on the second go um but for the most part i was like eh, i did not even catch that Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I really wasn't expecting a cliffhanger, and I was like, "Oh, they you know, we destroyed the thing. Yeah, we were beaming them up. We're getting the heck out of here." Yeah, I thought, oh, that's just weird. I I, I noticed it, but I didn't, I didn't make the initial connection that oh, the Gorn beating them up. I was like, "Oh, that's odd. Why is it a different?" So I think um, I think Pike's indecision at that very point is very. So it was sort of alluded to at the beginning of the episode, right? He had to like. April, Admiral April told him, do not engage. Like, sure. you have to, you have to like hold your, hold your emotions in check. And, um, and he sort of went against that with going mm-hmm. to rescue Battelle. Right. And, um, so he, he went against that. And then, so he gets her back and he thinks he gets the crew back and then doesn't get the crew back. Right. And, you know, Mitchell reminds him, but our crew are down there. And I think that plus like the realization that they're not on, like they're not on the planet. No one's on the planet anymore. All of that. Like you just get this. Well, what that like, and Starfleet's yelling to get, get out of there. Sure. So you have three different things like pulling at you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there, you know, I give Pike the benefit of the doubt that there's a moment there where you're like, I, what do I do? What do I do? Do I break my, do I break regulate? Do I break my orders? Do I? I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying it's easy, but he literally, it was kind of like, he was kind of like a deer in headlights. Like he literally just. Yeah. Well, know, for, think, for him, that's very unusual. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm not saying that it's an easy decision, but I think as we all know, captains need to make hard decisions quickly. And for him, I just thought it was unusual for him to literally, it was a deer in headlights moment. Like he was literally just staring at his crew. I'm like, oh my god, man! Just like, obviously, there's no good call. Like, there's no good decision here. So just go with one, right? I think that's a, yeah. But dilemma. I think, I, yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree that it's a captain's dilemma. But I also think like he had, he's like, he's the, he's like the people's captain, right? He's he's like mm-hmm. the crew, the captain, the captain that everyone loves. And so he knows that he should follow orders and leave and leave those people behind. But he also just asks the entire crew to stay and rescue the members of the Cayuga, whoever they could. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a tough call to make. How do you go one direction? I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying it's not. 
Yeah. So I think that this, this whole pausing, you know, being caught in, in the headlights is completely natural. And um, I, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it's unnatural, but I don't think that that is an excuse for a captain. Like, yeah, I think a captain needs to be able to make a very hard call. There's no perfect answer for this. No, there isn't. Know? Of course not. So yeah. you yeah. just need to, and a captain, like, I think Jamie's really good at this, actually. Um, I don't know why she comes to mind, but for some reason, because she's just faced so many, like, you know, like very impossible decisions when they were in mm-hmm. Delta Quadrant. Make the decision and deal with the, deal with it later. Deal with the, impl- the ramifications and emotional out, like outcome of those, you know, that decision later. Right. Whether it be yeah. like two Vicks, you know, I know that's famous, but like, she's like, it's got me a call. You know, there's no good call here. So I'm just going to make a call and it's on me. You know, and I think a good captain needs to be able to make that kind of decision, especially in a crisis. Um, I'm not saying two fix was a crisis, but it was a moral dilemma. Um, you know, yeah, I'm just I mean, I, I, I think you're looking for the split second decision. And, I, you know, I think, yeah, his ship's getting. But it is. Up. It is like everyone's in danger. This, the, yeah. You know, there's like three, four like Gorn attack ships like coming after them. Yeah. Like, if you stay any long, if you don't make a call, like the ship's going to blow up, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're going to lose everyone. Yeah. You can't just pause. You, you can't just, you know, you can't stop time and deliberate. You guys make the call and deal with the decisions, the ramifications of the call later. Sure. Well, well, here we are. We're, we'll be discussing this until 2025 before we Apparently. see the re- resolution to this and what impact it has. But, um, you know, I, I, thought this whole episode was suspenseful i thought even though we know chapel lives i thought it was really good of them not to dig into that until well into the second half of the episode sure sure um i thought that was really well done the introduction of scotty i thought you know um did you know right away what did you know right away that it was scotty i was like that accent is like unmistakable i i was like yeah, I was like, no way. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was, I was, I was like, that can't be. They really, they can't. Really, I was like, really. So um, that's you know an interesting development. Um, you know what? I I also really like that. Um, you know, Sam Kirk's involved in this. I I love like he did something useful. Yes, he, yeah. you know, um, that being useless and messy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I, what I love, what I really love, one of the things, one of the many things I love about this show is it's got, it's got the character development of Deep Space Nine. It's got the like, it's not just the main. Although you know, I still think there's some shades of you gray mean for the be, for the cat, like the ensemble. for the cast and also the B cast. Yeah. You know, you get some, you get some. Right. We have some B cast, you know, members who. Mm-hmm. You know, are getting some development as well, and I still uh, don't know much about Ortegas, by the way. I still don't yeah, know. I, know. She's, I, I just know she's a pilot. That's all I know. And apparently, she's a war hero per Boimler, but I don't I haven't heard anything else about that. Like, we got a little bit yeah. of that in the war episode, but other than that, I still know. Like, she did say that she had done this flight a hundred times during the war. Yeah, but so. she, yes, she's a captain. Like, yeah, she's a pilot. That's all I know yeah, about her. Pilot, yeah. <laughs> I want to know more I about mean, Ortega's. Yeah, right. of course. Yeah, yeah, more. yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get more next season. He's Although, a good pilot. 
uh, you know, uh, and I love her, and I don't want anything I to happen to her. Yeah, she we know is, so little about her. Yeah, but she is one of the people who, um, you know, isn't in the original series. So at some point, right. we don't know what her future, we don't know what Ortega's right. future is. Right. Um, you know, we actually don't even know, we, we sort of know Mabenga's in the fact that he's no, no longer at some point CMO. Um, right. You know, so there's that. Uh, I forget who else is on the planet, but um, those two are on the planet. Um, the planet? Sam Kirk's on the planet. We know he lives. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I thought I, I thought that this episode kept it going the whole, like it was foot on the gas the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was actually surprised that we saw an adult Gorn. Uh, I was yeah. really, I know I, I get your whole alien thing. I get it. Um, even, anyway. yeah, even the scene where you see the tail come down, I'm like, Oh my God. It's like, they rip it straight out. The alien movies. It's like, come on. Yeah, that bothered me. But it also, you know, so there is some intelligence there, right? There is uh, intelligence because they're trying yes. to access the computer. So, well, yeah, no, the Goron intelligent. They built starships. <laughs> like, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. But we, you know, we don't get to see that very, you know, you can make that assumption. But now you, now you have some other facts to back that up, which are, that they, you know, he's literally trying to access the computer that Kyoga. So yeah, I feel that you know maybe maybe a thing for me is, um, you know, like so we talked about this too. Like they tease a Gorn in episode one of the season, and mm-hmm. then we get this episode. Yeah. I feel that if they gave us more seeds throughout the season, it would have done more for me. And also, what the Gorn want, like you know, like. Because we just don't really, they don't talk. They, they just like, you know, they're fake. Well, Scotty brings some of that, right? So Scotty brings some of this information about the science of like but it's, solar But it's flares. like pure hypothesis. It's, he's guessing. He doesn't have Yeah, you know. but it's science. It's it's Star Trek science. And it's interesting uh, that they bring sure. that they, they in. But I want to know like more about the Gorn side of things, which maybe you'll get in the next episode like you know like what are they looking for like you know do they want to be communicating with other races or they really just want to like breeding you know and using other races purely for breeding purposes well i think back to the the borg you didn't you you didn't really know what their purpose was except for um not extermination but uh uh, tell me about the borg queen what until we got the Borg Queen you're talking about? Like, we didn't... Yeah, like, we didn't really understand, like, all of the motivations of the Borg except to assimilate, assimilate, assimilate. But so. I think that that's where, you know... But that's, like, any villain, like, I think that the Borg were very enigmatic at first, and then they started getting a little overused. Like, you know, like, if... Right, like, but here we are. We're in the enigmatic stage of the Gorn. They're still enig- enigmatic and... We don't know a lot about them and we didn't, you know, we've never learned anything about them. Right. Um, you know, but clearly they've destroyed another constitution class starship. So, which is, uh, you know, pretty terrifying in and of itself. Like they destroyed. And I'm that. surprised that that is, that in itself is not a declaration of war. Like 
it just, isn't because because they're, they're outside, outside of Federation, of Federation space. space. Yeah, so the loss of the Kyoga is just like the loss of a Star Diver, um, Scotty's ship. That you know they're both outside of Federation space, so there's not really there's nothing. It's not a declaration of war unless you're on your own mm-hmm, Earth, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, um yeah, so. no, I thought that Scotty's like you know some of the hints he gave us was kind of interesting, but I was like, yeah, but I I need. You know, I need, like, a voice to the Gorn, like, or something. Like, I need, like, to know more about, like, what they're after, like, what do they want um, that could make them, maybe like... We'll maybe I get, get that eventually, but, um, right. yeah, I, right now I, I'm enjoying the mystery of the Borg, and I'm enjoying the fact the Gorn. that... What did I say, the Borg? You said the Borg. <laughs> I'm enjoying the the, I am enjoying the mystery of the Gorn, mm-hmm. and... Yes, I want to know more, but I also love having an enemy to the Federation that is equal, if not more deadly. Like, there, it's more than we can handle as the Federation right now. Like, mm-hmm. we can't stop them. Uh, it's only because they destroyed the Cayuga and we were able to do all of that, crashing the Cayuga into the planet that we mm-hmm. freed freed but then you know the gorn just beamed up the the meat as it were um so it's it's gonna you know i i'm okay with the um the lack of knowing about it i think having an enemy that's a threat is really interesting Uh, you know think of species 8472 like another Mm -hmm. thing that you don't really you didn't know a lot about um a, a threat that was bigger than the borg because mm-hmm. the Borg had become sort of mullified a little bit. Um, and nullified. Overused, honestly. Overused, but also easier to outsmart and um, figure yeah. out, especially with a Borg on Voyager, right? And no, I don't doubt that. It's just like, at this point, I'm like, I need more. Because we would have gotten like two episodes of Gorn, Gorn, Gorn. I'm like, and I, to my mission, I thought those were very good episodes. But I'm, I guess I'm personally at a point where I, I kind of need more more to be dropped like you know this is like a third episode where we've gotten with them that's like they're still very mysterious and well, we're gonna just, learn whether we can I mean, save Battelle. we're gonna learn what the solar flares mean or could potentially mean sure we're gonna learn that we could potentially hide in plain sight with this transponder you know so yeah i am interested to see the inside of a gorn ship because yeah we should be able to. We should be well, getting that. Uh, I, I, yeah, we should. Be I'm able assuming to see we see that, the crew. So. Uh, yeah. Because I do like their ship designs because they're very different and they're very they're, they're very asymmetrical than mm-hmm. compared to um, yeah. compared to Federation ships. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, um, I'm I'm here for the Gorn. I'm here for it because it, and I I thought this episode was back to front, front to back, just exciting. Um, well played out and uh, suspenseful, and and I liked it. I thought it was a proper like this. This is and and so our three months of summer have now become probably at least eighteen months of I know, uh, yeah, uh, if not two years of waiting for the answer to this. Right, so, right. Um, um, so we, you know, this is our this is modern day version of best of both worlds. Um. Where there is, you know, we have no resolution. Although I've heard it said, and maybe you and I talked a little bit about this, like 
they're already they were already about to film season three. So yeah, must, I know the resolution is probably written. Oh yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I definitely need to have a plan. Um, so, for sure, um, that's I don't doubt. Hopefully, once the strike is over, they can just jump right back into production, and we our wait will not be as interminable as it feels right now. Um, but that's know, only if we. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so too. And, uh, 2025. Yeah. So we're just going to have to sit here and like debate the hell out of this episode because we have nothing more to go on. Nothing. Do you think that uh, Batel's going to survive? So, I... so so before this episode, I totally thought she was going to, I thought that was it. I thought the finale, I was like, she's going to die. Like, cause I feel they were like, foreshadowing i was like oh she and peck are too happy like i was like oh my gosh she's gonna die but now i'm like i'm not sure i'm not sure um because it'd be weird if she dies like you know the same way the hammer died like like i don't think they're gonna go back to that well um maybe she i don't know a a possibility is uh that christine is the one who actually comes up with a solution to sure. what's going yeah, on with yeah, yeah. Patel, mm-hmm. which delays her going to this Roger Corby thing. And mm-hmm. we'll keep her on the ship for season three. Um, yeah, she can just like be absent. I don't know. Right. Or maybe sometimes, so, they, sometimes they skip months, so it could be. Sure, right, yeah, right. yeah, 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 I understand. Yeah, there's all that. And obviously, like, there's, you know, yeah, I, I so I'm sort of. What would you put your money on? Live or not live? I'm going to say not live because I think that that, I think because she's supporting cast and I think that it's more, I think it would be more important to keep, to let her die from a story writing perspective. I think it would be more effective. Well, from a lot of perspectives, I think keeping Ortega's on the ship and alive versus Battelle dead and not in the picture is a better option. And I think I honestly Ortegas. think. Wait, why Ortega's? Why is Ortega's? Because, because she, we don't know her future. We don't know either one of their futures. But I, I think Ortega's is Melissa Navia is a main character. Okay. And we want her to come back. But we need to show the deadliness and how this impacts Pike and the crew overall. So rather than losing a. But we Ortegas, already got that from Hammer. We already know that they're deadly. But they, here's the thing: Hammer made the Hammer Hammer made the choice. This is the other thing that Pike and Patel kind of go back and forth with, which I agree with. You know, Hammer didn't give them a chance to to try to do something. He just gave up and said, "I'm going to kill myself." And so I think that there's a little bit more to that. Like he didn't give the choice, and Pike wants mm. her. You know, so yeah. I think she's going to live. I think she's okay. they're gonna I think uh Chapel's gonna use now that they can scan for Gorn DNA or whatever, she, you know, she will be able to because that that was one of their issues before. They couldn't detect the Gorn. So mm. now that they have the technology, theoretically, yeah. you could probably input the you know, the browners yeah. into I, a transporter. I don't want her to die. I don't want her to you die. You think from a narrative standpoint she she I think someone sense. has to die. I think that there needs to be an outcome. Other than all the crew of the Cayuga, which is not personal to us as viewers of Strange New Worlds, I think someone needs to. I, I feel like someone's going to die. 
So I think where this is going personally, and this is also going back to what I was saying about the Gorn and us understanding the Gorn more, mm-hmm. is that I think that the next episode, or maybe shortly after that, there's some sort of like uneasy piece with the Gorn. Mm-hmm. I think that it resolves into like, they're not at war, but it's kind of like a Cleon kind of situation where it's kind of like, all right, you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone or something like that. I think as a result of that, I think that she's going to live. Maybe the corn actually like, like fine, you know, we'll, we'll do something or they use a technology or whatever. But I, I think that, I think that's where it's going. Um, okay. And in, in that vein, we also learn more about what the corn want, their motivations. Um, and right. they, there's still a lot of mystery with them, but you know, I think, I think, um, yeah, there's some sort of like unlazy truce or something like that. Okay. All right. Well, um, but we will, we'll see. We'll see in we'll two years. We'll have to come back to this debate. Uh, in, and I was saying, like, Trump could be president again. You know, who knows what's going to uh, happen in the world in the next two years. Um, Maybe the Gorn can come here and feed on. Uh, well, yeah. a lot can happen, um, honestly, before the next season of Strange New Worlds comes out. Yes, that is yeah. true. So overall, I love this episode, and I think it'll go down as a major episode in the pantheon of Star Trek. Okay. No, I, I thought it was okay. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. thought it was okay? Well, there we yeah. go. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Um, I know we're not talking about the season as a whole, but one, I guess one note that I will say about um, this episode as well, as which kind of is... Uh, season-long observation as well, and I guess is also relevant to the whole Scotty thing, is I I feel they really underuse Carol Kane. I feel she got very little airtime for all the PR excitement that was around her character. Um, it's just, I yeah, I mean, and not to say, like, I get there's enough cast members, but I'm kind of like, it's kind of similar. Like, I'm like, they, I feel they underuse Hammer. I feel they underuse, like, you know, Carol Kane, Neopelia. I I'm like, why? You know, she could have done more. Like, but that's one thing. She because she got some snippets in this episode in the in the musical episode. But um, I feel that there could be just more Carol Kane. I I don't disagree. Uh, I think the important distinction here is that she's still supporting cast. And sure, no, I, I get think, it. Uh, I get it. I think that there's some of that. Hammer was actually the main cast. She has always been at the end of the credits. Sure. Uh, she's never been in the main credits like Hammer was, uh, like Bruce Horwath. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, the the role the the way that I see this playing out is the development of Scotty through mm-hmm. Carol Kane, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. and her preparing him to be a chief engineer. Right, so right. I can, I can like, see he, he season... like interns or something with her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think more cast that... members. Oh, well. I mean, so we're slowly moving towards that timeline of the original right. series. So um, you know, Kirk's now. I want to say he's first officer in the Farragut, or he's going for first officer in the Farragut. So he, yeah, he just got it. He yeah, he he's. I think he's officially first officer. So. Um, yes. So there's that. Um, Who yeah. do you think is the next TOS character that we're going to introduce? 
I mean, we're running out. Uh, so we have, I know, uh, right? We have Bones and Sulu. Chekhov is fresh out of the academy. Chekhov is later. So. Chekhov is later. Yeah, much later. So, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this. If Ortegas does not survive the season premiere, then uh, I would say Sulu. Oh, that's interesting. Um, also, Mabenga depending on the outcome of the season premiere could mean a new CMO. It doesn't even need to be a season premiere. I'm like, I want like, you know, next one. It could be like, you know, I feel like introducing like a new, the new original character, like TOS character, like at least once a season. So we got Kirk obviously in season one, we got Scotty in this season. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, uh, Man, it's, uh, I'm hope I, I think we'll, probably get bones but um i don't know no i was thinking i was thinking bones too i was thinking and i think i think it's not only because um mabenga is on the gorn ship but i think also because um i think that something's going to come out about the whole klingon war and i think that plus whatever happens on the Gorn ship is going to um, precipitate perhaps a change in the chief medical officer. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But I'm looking forward to it whenever we get it. I know, right? But I do, you know, I will, you know, I will be as patient as possible because I want the actors and the writers to have the right contract that's right for them. Oh yeah, for sure. No, that needs to be worked out. I do out. think I, I do think that we're I'm gonna go slightly political. I do think we're on the cusp of um some real hard fighting against capitalism and um the overcapitalization of people as resources. So Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, take as long as you need, because I think, uh, I think the pain needs to be real and, uh, for these CEOs and, and et cetera. So I know yeah, um, it's kind of suboptimal, but especially when yeah. you see the numbers, when you see the numbers, um, that the you know, gets paid. Yep. The, so there's that number. There's the amount that they would have to give up to meet all the demands of SAG-AFTRA. And uh, what's the third number that I'm thinking of? The 87% of SAG-AFTRA members earn less than $26,000 and yeah. don't even qualify for health care. So um, those three numbers are pretty uh, pretty damning as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. So. Um, um, so I think yeah. this is going to go on for a while. So I think we're going to, you know, we're probably going to have to rewatch while I'm in the middle of Deep Space Nine, but we'll probably have to pick some some other classic Trek shows to talk about. We've done it before. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know we have. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, because uh, this is the last live action and we don't know when Discovery is going to come out. And I'm kind of, and I'll say this, I don't, you know, so they record like things like, which I have not watched the ready room. I'm way behind in the ready room. Okay. Um, I know that they record these way in advance. Yes. And my hope is 
Well, yes. My hope is that we didn't that there weren't any anything made or recorded for Discovery. Because that oh, will like quote, you know behind the yeah, are you talking about sorry, behind the scenes, right the room stuff? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping that none of that got recorded before uh-huh. the um before the strike started because then um then that's going to hold that whole discovery arc because they're not going to have any supporting material to use except the episodes themselves as promos. So um, that is what I'm hoping has happened. I'm sure that there's probably some out there, but uh, I'm hoping that there wasn't a whole lot of like, but we'll see. I don't know. It's not, you know, we won't get that answer. I know Will Wheaton probably wouldn't give us that answer, but um, I'm hoping that there's not a lot of, uh, B-roll and stuff in the camera for uh, for them to do promos on Discovery, so that uh, we can. I can probably get imaginative with it. Like, to be honest, like they probably there's yeah, probably maybe. a lot of like cut like you know stuff on the cutting room floor that they can use to do feature ads or something like that. Maybe. Honestly, I don't I don't know how influential the ready room is in terms of actual promotion of new content. Well, so the way I look at it is those are the interviews that they can put out there where the stars actually talk about the material. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. That's, no, that's what true. I'm talking about. It, And that's the promotion that I think that's the pr- kind of promotion that like. Right. Paramount so none of the stars can do any interviews. No, no press. No, right. No yeah, press at exactly. All. Yeah. Um, not just, it's not just right. It's like any, any of it. Right. Um, yeah. That's why a lot. So that's of, what um, I'm hoping for. That's what, I, that's why I'm well, hoping for this. So, well, so a lot of uh, movies are being pushed next year because of that, because they can't, uh, cast can't do press. Um, So I think, yeah, like Craven, the Hunter was pushed. Um, They're thinking of pushing Dune part two next year. Um, They're already starting to do that because they they want um, the cast to be actually able to promote. So, well, the way to do that is to pay the money sure and and the strike so no it's interesting and the thing is when these movies are held that means that they're holding back they're essentially holding back profits right they're holding back because yeah so um at some point it's gonna be it's just like you know that's the thing it's like it's like the thing is like who can wait out longer right the studios or right you know that's I think uh, I'm hoping that the stock market will be the driving force for studios. Yeah. The AMT TMP. So it's going to take a while. All right. Anyway, cool. We shall see. Um, so I think that wraps it up for these two episodes. We might do a season recap. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of these again. Um, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute, but um, but yeah, um, we can we can do that. Um, and then Lower Decks is around around the corner too. Yeah, that's so, true. Well, Lower Decks is uh, about three or four weeks away. So yeah, yep, yep, cool. And some basically, which means summer is almost over. All right, stop it. I don't want to talk to you about this. <laughs> that I don't want to talk about this. So anyway, there we are. Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor? 
I do. Fansets is the premier sponsor of Deep Space Pride and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. And I am just scrolling through fansets.com right now. And they released a lot of pins at STLV. And so we'll hopefully see some some new releases uh, very soon. Um, but more rec- the ones that are up here right now as of this recording. So we have... Uh, a David Ajala signed pin. We have Chakotay from the Universe of Trek. Um, we have Jonathan Archer from that. And I think all the other ones I've talked about before. So there's only a couple of new ones, as well as you can get an original series commemorative acrylic display with um, all the cast in a, in a really nice, uh, what is it, the... Um, the um the gateway know. what is the gateway called you know the guardian in, forever thank you the guardian forever. <laughs> oh my i was like what gate what is what are you talking yeah, about yeah the gateway um okay. so that's also here on fansets but there were a ton of new pins released at stlv um which is really one of the few reasons that i am um bummed about not being there to not to see it but uh, certain people have shared. Dan picked up a bunch of Dan, our executive, other executive producer, mm-hmm. picked up a bunch of magnetic pins, and um, so there are some really nice ones coming. So make sure to head on over to fansets.com, look at the new releases, uh, look at all their releases. They've got uh, all kinds of pins from many different. Uh, fandom so head on over there check them out put a bunch of pins in your cart if you uh if you're in the u.s and you spend more than 30 dollars, which honestly is very easy to do um you're going to get free shipping but on top of that if you use the code trek geeks all one word you're going to get 10 percent off your order and we want to thank fansets for being the premier sponsor of dc's bride and the trek geeks podcast network thanks fansets Cool. Well, we would love to hear from everyone, um, whether it's about uh, these two episodes or season two of Stranger Worlds as a whole. And you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at DSpacePride, or you can also email us at DSpacePride at gmail.com. Cool. Otherwise, I think that does it for this episode. Mike, anything else to leave our viewers with, our listeners with? There are no viewers. No viewers. (laughs) No viewers. Uh, No. Uh, Yeah. Uh, This has been fun to talk about it. I'm sad that we have a long time to wait. I know. It's over. Uh, But it'll be worth it in the end. Cool. So, yeah. Let us know what you think, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.
looking at 